You're listening to the Mobcast Network. Welcome, my friends, to the Catacombs, the deep underground layer where we keep the really weird stuff at the cult movie cantina. I'm your Native American pop culture spirit guide, Scotty, and I'm joined by my co-host, co-host, Drew. You can check us out on our website at scottywhite.com and join the discussion at the cult movie cantina's Facebook page, facebook.com slash cantina. While you're discussing if Rise of Skywalker is good and while trying to explain what impeachment actually means, you can actually stop by and say hi to us. We'd love to hear from you and don't be afraid to follow us. Great one. Love it. <laughs> this week, we take a look at the 1993 crime thriller, Judgment Night. We're going to listen to the trailer now. Nobody is taking dates. It's a bunch of guys going to a boxing match. That's it. Why are you looking at me like that? Because I know your friends. <laughs> they have the hormones of high school kids. I'll be home early, okay? Promise. <laughs> you say, fight fans. A night out on the town. Yeah. A heavy traffic jam. Tell you something, I'm not going to miss this fight. And one wrong turn. We've circled this block about 300 times. Yeah, enough of this scenic round. Ah! What the hell was that? Ah! been shot. They're coming after me. You gotta get me out of here. We can't just sit here. Come on. They got guns, John. You broke rule number one. Do not steal from me. Oh, boys, rule number two, no witnesses. Come on, come on. Oh, let's go, go, go. What the hell are we? What are we gonna do? What do you think of the neighborhood? The cops are gonna be here any second. The cops are not coming. What's up, you punks crazy or something, man? Chill out, man. We're just looking for some citizens. Don't move. Don't whisper. Don't even breathe. Oh, Frank, is this your wife, huh? I get a wife and a little girl, and I will get back to them tonight. Let's show these punks what we got. You better believe it. You're just another victim. You're just another victim, kid. Hey! You're just another victim. You're just another victim, kid. Emilio Estevez, Cuba Gooding Jr., Dennis Leary. You know, Frank, after I kill you, I think I'm going to pay a little visit on that wife of yours. Ah! Judgment Night. You coming? We could also listen to the soundtrack. <laughs> I'll talk could. about that later. So, Judgment Night. Uh, Drew picked this one. Um, what is your memories from this movie? So, I saw it in the theater. Did with, you? Yeah, I did. I saw it in the theater with my best friend, Tony, Nick Najati. Shout, shout out, out to, to Tony. Tony Nick. Or uh, Nike Jedi is what we called him because he couldn't spell his last name. Anyway, so Tony and I saw that in the theater because we both had the soundtrack, uh, and the the soundtrack is epic. Right. This is the birth of rap rock, by the way. It's true. It's from this stupid album that that Limp Biscuit and all those other knuckle turds that followed were born. And it's because I was a big Helmet fan, and you have Helmet and House of Pain doing uh, Just Another Victim. Still a good song. Really great song, yeah. Um, And so that soundtrack led us into it. We saw it in the theater and kind of went down that path. Never gave it much mind. Movie was okay. I remember seeing it when I was... Because I didn't relate. I was 
90, let's see, it was in 93, so I was probably 15. Right. So I didn't relate to that. I was the kids at the ghetto more than I was the the heroes of the story. Um, I saw it on video probably uh, not until probably 96. And that's the last time I saw it until recently, until I saw it for this podcast. Oh, I have thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting because I, I, yeah, I'll be curious to see what you have to say. So, directed by Stephen Hopkins, who directed Predator 2, Nightmare on Street 5, The Dream Child, and he won an Emmy for doing the TV sh- uh, film Life and Death of uh, Peter Sellers. Uh, screenplay by Lewis Collick, who did October Sky and uh, Ladder 49, but the stories by Jerry uh, Cunningham, who did a couple of things. I found Boss of Bosses and The Big Heist. They're both television movies. He didn't do a lot. Uh, cinematography by Pete Levy, who also worked with uh, Stephen Hopkins a lot. He did Predator 2, Lost in Space, Broken Arrow, your favorite, Cutthroat Island. Hey, I was about to tell you, there's a <laughs> reference to Cutthroat Island from the DP. Yeah, I got you. And you know I got you covered. Edited by Tim Wellburn, who directed, uh, who edited Mad Max, uh, The Road Warrior. And, yeah, which is interesting. Uh, and also the 1987 version of The Punisher with Dolph Lundgren. Which I like. Uh, what I really want to talk about, though, is the music. Music by Alan Silvestri. Alan Silvestri has done a lot of stuff. I'm just going to highlight some of our favorites. They're going to be a lot. Ready? Predator, Predator 2, which will come up again in this movie. Avenger Infinity War in, uh, Endgame. Volcano, which I f- love. It will probably end up on this show. The Quick and the Dead. Uh, also good. Also to connect to our last episode of uh, Demon Knight. He did like 10 episodes of Tales from the Crypt. He was the uh, music. He did the music for Hugh Frame, Roger Rabbit, Mac and Me, My Stepmother's an Alien, Flight of the Navigator, The Delta Force, All Three Back of the Futures, and Romancing the Stone. Yeah, he's epic. Done a lot of stuff. And then he did this movie. Uh, I have notes about that, too. Um, stars, Emilio Estevez as Frank. Uh, we know Emilio from Young Guns, Young Guns 2, Maximum Overdrive, St. Elmo's Fire, The Breakfast Club, and, of course, The Mighty Ducks. Uh, Cuba, Junior, uh, Cuba Gooding Jr. as Mike. We know him from his Oscar-winning role in Jerry Maguire. This Show me the money! Pre-Jerry Maguire, of course. Is uh, by three years, I think. Men of Honor, Radio. Who j- Radio just passed away. Um, Boys in the Hood and American Crime Story where he played O.J. Simpson for uh, for FX. Dennis Leary playing Dennis Leary as Fallon. <laughs> yeah, that's really, yeah. This is Dennis Leary in his... his uh, 90s Dennis Leary. Leary playing... playing yeah. his, A.A. Dennis Leary. Right. Yeah. So uh, The Sandlot, The Ref, Demolition Man, and of course uh, all this basically comes out of from his routine from No Cure from Cancer. Stephen Dorff as John. We know Stephen from Blade. One of my favorite movies of all time, Backbeat. Oh wow, that's uh, an obscure reference. Yeah, no one. I like another one of my favorite. I have. I, I was going through the list and realized there's like two Stephen Dorff movies I absolutely love. The first yeah. one's Backbeat, which if you've never, if you, I'm a Beatles fan, so it's a Beatles story, and, and it's um, about John Lennon's relationship with the first bases of the Beatles, Steve Stadcliffe, and Stephen Dorff plays Stu, and it's amazing. Uh, and then he plays in this great movie called SFW. Oh, dude, I love that movie. The SFW is going to be on the show. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's a great it's film. It's a great movie. At, at least by memory standards. Uh, it, I think it still holds up. Yeah. We'll see. But it's on the list. It's going to go next year, 2020, we'll be doing SFW. And then most recently, he was in True Detective Season 3, and he's amazing in it. Yeah, he's a good actor, he's, though. He's, he's, he's yeah. amazing in that. Uh, we have Jerry Piven as Ray. Um, I'm just going to name some fun stuff for Jerry Piven. Um, one of my favorites, he's in briefly in One Crazy Summer. Yep. He's in, briefly in Singles. He's of course he's Ari in Entourage, and he's in Gross Point Blank. Ten years, man. Yep. Ten years. Uh, Peter Green uh, as Sykes. Peter Green is that guy who's everyone's henchman. Uh, he's he, good though. Yeah, he's Zed in Pulp Fiction. He's in the he's um uh, Red Redman or is it Red something uh, Red Bird and Usual Suspects. Yes. And then, um, did you ever watch the Black Donnellys? 
I never watched it, but I know the show. So yeah. the Black Donnelly, you can actually watch it on the NBC app. It's amazing, and it, it, you get mad when it's only one season. People don't give te- television a lot of respect. <laughs> so, uh, also one of the other thugs is. Do you do you go over that? No, I got. I, that's all. That is got. Everlast. Oh yeah, yeah. He's yeah, from from yeah, House of Pain. House of Pain. Pre solo career. Yeah, pre solo. Yeah. Is that what I'm in a man of change and something? Yeah, it's got to be a little raspy. He does a really good cover of um, Sex and Candy that he did on like Joe Rogan, I think. Yeah, or something. That he's was fun. Cool. All right, ready to get into, get into this? Yes. So, <laughs> came up to the lane way the other day. <laughs> Sorry, we're, we're on a letter kidney bit and uh, kicking. So if you if you're not watch go watch it, go find clips on YouTube and then go watch it on Hulu. It's really really good. Pitter patter. Yeah, pitter patter. Let's get at her. So meet Frank. He's a dude with a new baby who's totally needs to get away from his wife, but she's upset because you know she's stuck with a baby too. So the true moral of the story is this baby's ruining everything. <laughs> you know it's weird. <laughs> Again, seeing at fifteen, no idea what any of this means. Right now, as got- a now as a dad, adult human male right. that has a child in the same boat, you're like, oh yeah, I totally get this, and I. He's really kind of treating his wife like uh, shit. I mean, right, it's right. poor. But she's also being a kind of a butthole herself. Right. She's like, baby, you can just watch. That's TV. what babies really do. They you destroy know? like the beauty of it again, until it comes back. Again, the true moral of the story is babies ruin everything. Only problem I got is that baby, she says, is three weeks old. That kid is like, that mm. kid's like a good four, five, six months. It's a giant child. Yeah, Anywho, it's Frank's having a night out with the boys. Mike, his tough and cool black friend, who is all, show me the money before that was a thing. Then there's Ray, who's like Paul Giamatti was a stockbroker. Wait, isn't that billions? That's on Showtime. Wait, no, anyway, more dickish. Facts. That's <laughs> true. Man, uh, Jerry Pemberton is totally doing Paul Giamatti before Ch- Paul Giamatti was a thing. I think Paul Giamatti stole his old bit from this movie. Yep. But Ray got a hookup and got an RV, and so he's going to take his boy in style to a boxing match. Oh, and look, Frank's brother, screw up brother John's going to come because, well, you, you need that, right? So there's drinking and a Taffer jam, and you get uh, that uh, a giant RV through that stuff, and one bad decision leads to another, uh, and the group goes to a shady part of town where it totally needs a, a rap version of Dueling Banjos because this is Deliverance in the inner city instead of Georgia. This movie is Deliverance. It is 100%. 100% Deliverance. Yeah. So I watched Deliverance and went, we can put this in Chicago. Yep. And that's what they did. Uh, then they think they hit a guy. Turns out he was shot and then uh, on the run. And while things get worse, the RV gets smashed and blown up. Dennis Leary... Who will be, you know, who's named Fallon, but for the rest of this summer, we're just going to call Dennis Leary because that's who he is. Dennis Leary and his goons uh, get the guy that was hit, shoot him, and now because he, he's got to shoot the boys because there's a no witnesses policy. Well, Dennis, in fairness, Dennis Leary has rules <laughs> and he follows these rules meticulously. Oh, I have like to his own detriment. <laughs> I have after the summary, I have lots of thoughts. Yeah. Um, the let's see, no witnesses policy, and so he takes chase. The boys lead him to a railroad station where they do their best hobo impression, and that doesn't go well. While hiding in the streetcar, some buns are using homeless shelters. The bums totally need payment, or they're going to give them up. Things get loud. Larry, uh, Larry and his goons go all shooty shooty and kill the wrong dudes. But Larry gets uh, Frank's wallet, and now he knows who he's looking for. Poor Emilio. Frank and the boys head to an apartment building where no one wants to help them because Candyman or something. It's all in Chicago. It's all, all, all pretty much near Capito. That was a good Capito reference. <laughs> I liked it. Uh, they can't find a phone to use, but they convince one lady barely to let them hold up in her place. And well, that is not going well. Leary's all come out, come out wherever you are. And the project folks want to give him up. The la- lady tells the boys there's an escape route that the kids take on the roof and they go up there. 
So yeah, the escape route is sort of like a, some ladders turned into a bridge, and that's not the best option, but it's their only option. Except for Ray, who's going to stay and negotiate because well, he's scared of heights, and you know he's kind of a dick. So it goes to negotiate with uh, Larry and his goons offering money, and yeah, well, that ends with him being thrown off the from the building because Larry. Now three, now four boys turn to three as they're chasing the sewers. Mike is all like, "Show me the money!" Wait, no, that no, he's like, "No, let's take a stand." So the three guys arm themselves with pipes and other things that you find in movie sewers. Larry's guys show up. There's a fight with Mike killing uh, one of Larry's uh, uh, while carrying Peter Green. Uh, the boys escape. Another goon complains like he didn't sign up for this shit. And so Larry kills him because reasons, because <laughs> rules, I guess. He didn't like whining is what he says. Yeah, he, that's, what, that's one of his rules. No whining. Uh, meanwhile, Mike breaks John for almost getting killed back in the sewer. He didn't have uh, his back like he said he would. He froze. And that's why Frank is, uh, had the one had to seduce Sykes. Frank comes to his little brother's defense and Mike backs down, calls him boss. They take refuge in an abandoned building. John cries that he's scared. Frank tries to console him. Mike just looks from afar. They proceed to call the Frank boss again and say that the street's clear. Frank tells Mike it's cool with the, cool it with the boss stuff because they're bitchy. They're so bitchy in this. They see a bus try to flag down the driver, but they refuse to stop. Mike shoots at the bus. That doesn't make the bus stop. Frank tells him to stop because, well, you know they're going to get killed. There's a fight. Frank punches. Uh, Mike, Mike, blah, blah, blah. Uh, Frank's like, I'm just going back to my wife and kid, which you should have done from the beginning of this, but whatever. Now, the three some break, break into a swap mate, hoping to summon the police by setting off the building's alarm. The the This brings in two security guys who think they're home free. Uh, one goes to turn off the alarm and call the cops, but then he meets by Dennis Larry, who kills them. Uh, Larry, uh, other lieutenant, proceeds to kill the second security guy in a game of cat and mouse. Um... Leary's goon wounds Mike not before Mike gets sh- uh, shut off himself. Rhodes tries to, uh, the goon tries to finish Mike off. Yeah, it's a guy from House Paint. Yeah, House Paint. Yeah, or Edge. whatever his name is. Well, it was, um, proves to be too much and Never he lost. falls and dies. John retrieves Mike, but um, Leary shoots John in the leg. The three make their way to the bathroom where Frank tries to patch up his brother and his friend. Uh, Frank leaves to get help but encourages Dennis Leary. Frank and Dennis Leary have a fight, but yay, look, Frank wins. And throws Dennis Leary off um, the ledge of some staircase, and he dies. Uh, it's too late to do any good now. The police arrive. Uh, Mike and John are rushed to the hospital. Frank leaves, retrieves his wallet from a police officer, who comments that you got a good-looking family. Credits. There you go. Oh. Look, I, I, on second view, I, I actually liked it. It's just a different. There are moments of tension in that that I thought were very well constructed for me. Like it totally worked for me. Okay. I mean, that's fine. Yeah. I I watched uh what I thought was a poor version of Deliverance. Um there's I to me it wasn't like tension. It was just like it was just a, a whole bunch of just bad decisions that you're just like I didn't feel bad for these. Like anytime anything happened, I didn't really feel bad for anybody. I felt bad for Frank most of the time just because he's in a situation that Yeah, but he's a dick to his wife and it's like yeah, yeah, you, but, you, you but put it was, yourself in this situation. Yeah, but I guess I I projected more into it. I related more to that character group yeah, that's and, fair. and being in that situation more. And it's just like uh driving over here. I drive past uh, a pretty rough neighborhood and it's constantly in the back of my mind like I don't want to like break down in this spot. I'm not it's not a safe zone. I don't feel comfortable in this. So to me, it was the projection of tension that led into it. It's shot extremely well. It's visually, to me, gritty as all get out. That's very gritty. Yeah. Um, the nighttime shadows still play right, so you're not getting like 
overly lit stuff like a cheap movie might be. It's not too dark in some spots where you lose detail. It just works. The sewer is a build, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, they, yeah. they, that's a whole. Um, is that going to be a fact? I didn't no, mean no, no, no. It's, it's a build. Uh, that's a big stage build. Because they, it's, this movie is filmed both in Chicago and in L.A. And they they shot in real locations. Yeah, shot in real like locations. real dangerous locations. Right. Uh, I've got notes about that too. Oh, some, great. I've got some trivia about that. Oh, awesome. Um, Emilio Estevez though as a hero, I don't buy it. I don't even buy it on Young Guns. I don't, I've never bought it. Really, I like it. Yeah, Minute Work. That's the movie I'll give him it to him in. I like him. Keith David. I like, I like. I've always liked him as Billy the Kid. I liked him. I liked him as um. I guess a, who was he in um, Maximum Overdrive? I don't remember his character name. He was a yeah. hero though. Yeah, he was a hero in that. Yeah. He was a, he was the driver of the clown truck. No, no, he you know he was well, he worked at the um gas station, the truck the truck, truck stop, the truck stop, yeah, yeah, because he's on probation and stuff. Yeah, that's why they get they got him. What like, happened to him though? Where has he been? Around, uh, I don't think he does movies though. Oh, he just did one recently. Oh, really? Yeah, I did one about um, uh, homeless people in the library, something. Oh, look out this year. Yeah, yeah, no idea. I, mean, I don't think he has to. I mean, he's got Young Guns movie plus you know Charlie. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, he's enough. you know, you know is a sheen. He's got like there's a whole family of stuff going on. Yeah, I mean, I mean, what he really needs to do is make a movie with Joe. I know. Yeah, Joe and Emilio Estevez making yeah. a movie together. I'd I be all seen, about it. I haven't seen Joe in a while. Nope, haven't seen him in a while. <laughs> Not since Soul Taker. Oh, it's gonna be on this show. <laughs> Shot here in Mobile, Alabama. I bet we could call him in. He probably might show up and talk about it. Yeah. If I offer him enough money, that'd be good. You <laughs> might can use it. I might find us uh, someone who has ties to Soul Taker. Oh, that would be awesome if you could. All right, I'll see what I can do. I would love to love to talk about about that. You know, outside, of, I mean, it really is a a deliverance ripoff. I mean, like real bad. No, a hundred percent, hundred percent. Like, and like, there's just no like pig fudging. No, there's no pig fudging, which you know takes away from it. Important. There's no Ned Beatty to really do anything to. Um. I does it work? It does, I guess. I'm not. I, I, I don't feel a lot of it. I don't like Cooper Green Jr. is kind of a token character in this anyway, and so he's like, I need to be black when I need to be black, and I need to be like, I'm the tough guy, and and, and he's not really. Oh, there's definite character inconsistencies that and, show up throughout. And, and like, actually, um, Stephen Dorff is pretty, pretty consistent. Well, yeah. no, he's not because he shows up. He's all t- this tough, like bad, like reputation boy, and then he turns out. Oh, to but just, I always read it as it was just puffed ego. You think so? Yeah, yeah, yeah that's know. how I read it. I just always thought he was like Frank guy. was actually the only one that had the balls to do anything, right? But he just seemed like he was like a, a troublemaker, like yeah. maybe he was. I don't know. Um, I like Paul Giamatti Ray. <laughs> oh, Jeremy Piven's fantastic Piven's in this. Good. Yeah, Piv- Piven's really good in it. And I think Dennis Leary's good because it's Dennis Leary, Leary from that time yeah, frame. Like right. it's, he had done two or three movies before this. Yeah, two I movies? think he did Demolition Man in a row. Oh, Demolition Man was coming out, and because um, Demolition Man is ninety four. Because he's much better in the ref. He's yeah. way better in the ref. But he's also still doing all that material. It's the yeah. same material he's doing. I mean, yeah. I mean, I mean, it's no cure for cancer, pretty much. And oh, I love it. And that's Bill Hicks's bit anyway. So it is. It's. So, it's. it's I mean, we can really get into that. Oh so. no, it's a hundred percent a ripoff of it. But at some reason, it just worked. Dennis Leary's a little more. I don't know. He just fits the the no, no, look. Better. I loved like no cure for cancer was really big for me in high school yeah i mean i still listen to it from time to time it's still you know nyquil 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 i love you you giant fucking q it's one of the funniest shit out yeah. and if you're not listening to it go back it's on amazon prime listen to it you can yeah. listen it's, listen it's to it. bizarro it's, it's it's edgy it's it it's 90s edgy and yeah. so if you're a certain age you won't get the references but it's like i mean it's funny it's yeah. like diehard funny and, yeah but it's 
let's be honest, is mostly ripped off from Bill Hicks, Hicks stuff. And so, you know, but I've I've went back and listened to Bill Hicks's versions of that, and I like Dennis Leary's better. I I know it's a ra- I, something about Dennis uh, Leary's delivery of of lines is what's great. Right. It changes. Right. Rescue me. By the time you get to rescue me with Dennis Leary, he's a normal actor. Right. And and so that's when Lock and Loaded the follow up came out. Came right. Out about the same time, and Lock and Loaded's not nearly as good as right. Uh, Nook your fingers. It's something about the cadence in which he talks, and so it works inside of this. It's I don't even think he's from Chicago. Is he? he's a Boston he's guy? A Boston guy. Yeah, yeah. He's a Boston guy. But it works inside of this movie. The only problem I have with this is like Dennis Leary. What business does he run? I mean, he's just a criminal, right? He's a crime lord of some sort. Yeah, but like nobody knows who he is. So like when he goes to the the urban side, and there's right. a bunch of like gangster kids. Right. Like they they're, they're like, I don't respect you. I would have preferred him to be like, where is he? You know, like he didn't need to talk his way into it. He's Dennis Leary. He's this evil son bitch. He kills right. his own people. Do you think that couple, by the way, was gay? Uh, in the in the housing projects, yeah. No, I think they were related. I oh, okay, I, I, I thought it would have been a nice touch if they would have been that edgy. I, I, that's really progressive for nineteen ninety two. Ninety three, ninety three or ninety two. It, it released ninety three, so they filmed yeah. it ninety two. So yeah. I, I think it was very progressive. If it I would think it would be too progressive. I don't think yeah. they would do it. Yeah. Um. So I'm again. I um. So much more. So here's here's the fundamental problems I have with this film. So they. They they think they they think they hit this kid and he's actually been shot by Dennis Leary's crew, and Dennis Leary's crew just shows up horror film style and breaks into the RV and the whole time him. no like, like yeah just like just snatches him out of the RV a horror movie like a horror film yep and then he pleads for his life and that doesn't work and Dennis Leary shoots him and then he's like yeah now I gotta kill these guys because with no witnesses and then he goes through a whole lit- litany of stuff that's like bad decisions like. You're just gonna have to kill more people if you have this no witnesses problem, right? Because you're just running around town aimlessly, just committing crimes that you now no witnesses. It's like you've got a lot of witnesses, dude. You right? Should, honestly, I'd let these four guys go. You probably won't ever. They don't know who you are, and how can they? You know, poor Jerry Piven's got to figure out how he's gonna explain the RV that just exploded. <laughs> the best thing that happened to him was he died, so he had no, didn't have to go back to the RV park. Yeah, because he was in big trouble at that point. Because you know, I don't think he really had it. Right? It was just all. It was kind of a sham. Like he. Kind of got it on loan, right? He, yeah, he got he got he yeah. got the RV on loan. From, he convinced the um, dealer that he needed like four and or five I, of them. And I did forget. I forgot completely. I was like, I, I remember when we pre-talked about. It, I was like, oh, but the problem with Judgment Night is the movie can be solved with a cell phone, <laughs> and it can't be. It can't be no because they showed it. Yeah, they actually they fixed that problem, so right. it wouldn't. It would have only been solved with a smartphone, right? Because you could use GPS to GPS, get you back to the interstate. State, right. Um, aside from that, it was the old days of a flip phone. I had that phone, right. and that's one of the ones where you had to push to even to send a text. It was right. like twenty six keystrokes. I don't think I had text back then. I think you just no, it didn't. It didn't. So. But that was the model I had eventually that did. So uh, yeah, so that of course they also have a gun because different Piven needs a gun that I don't know. I mean, it was loaded, but after, like, when I first saw it, no, nah, I, I don't think it was loaded. Well, I think they suggested it, but in, in not to be a gun nerd, but at one point the magazine is in the gun. He pulls the slide yeah. back and it locks, right? And then he closes it, and nothing happens, and then takes them like he didn't load the gun. He unloaded. It was unloaded. Right. It was anyway. Cooper Gunner Junior. shot it a few times. Yeah, and so and he shot the revolver too. Yeah, yeah. Um. So, but again, I think the best thing that happened was Piven getting thrown off the. Like, you know, to, I actually like that dialogue scene. I thought it was interesting. Oh yeah, I was like, hey, I'm a, you're a businessman. I'm a businessman. I thought it was good. It was very much. Jeremy Piven, I wonder how much of that was just turning him loose because it felt a little like there was words, but then just letting him go. Right. Because he just he he pleaded well. I thought he made a good pitch. Yeah, I mean two hundred thousand dollars. You know, 
to these three guys, that's still going to get you thrown off the bridge. Also, Cooper Gooding can't hit anybody with a gun. So no, he's why. a stormtrooper. Yeah, he just could not. He's, Definitely he's, a stormtrooper. He's finning it up over here. Yeah, he's totally <laughs> finning it. And then I also thought it was uh, I, I think the, the choice to end the entire movie in a in a in a whatever that store was that swap or whatever the swap meet yeah uh, is bizarre. That's really bizarre. It's a bizarre place to end a movie because it's. I do very, like the security guards who are like they they don't give a crap about who they are and like. These guys are clearly dudes in trouble, and they're like, "Nope, we're gonna go almost shoot them." And like, what? Yeah. yeah. And then and even when the cops show up, they're like, really, like, really forceful with Emilio Estevez. And then they're like, "Oh yeah, we found a bunch of bodies." And they're like, "Oh okay, cool, that's cool." And instead of going, "Let's arrest this dude," all right? They should have all been arrested. <laughs> they should all go to jail. Yeah, there's a there's a lot going on here. It's a statement about you know the, that world though, because like the bus driver won't stop running that. It's just it, that part's kind of bizarre. So, how much sex does Emilio Estevez have when he can, comes back home? Yeah, no joke. <laughs> right. Or how many? How, how he's much? He's gonna tell her the story, and then she's gonna be like, "You're on the couch, champ." Right. From this point forward, I'm, I'm, I'm just saying, if it's been three weeks, he may be able a little bit before he can touch it. But then China, but this is science facts. <laughs> oh wow! So. There's a handful of scenes I, I, I the Jerry Piven thing I, I, I like. I like Jerry, I think Piven's my favorite character in the whole thing. Um, there's not a lot with Stephen Dorff. There's a little bit, especially toward the end of it, when you find out he's not as big as as he, he says he is. Um, Cooper Gooding Jr. is kind of wasted in this, but this is early in his career, so I mean he's yeah. just earning his chops anyway. Right. Um, Amelia is totally wasted. I, it's, it's not a right fit for him, and I've got there's reasons for that. Because they didn't want him. Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah that'll, that'll come up in a little bit. They didn't. Want interesting. Him. Um, they didn't want him. Um, and so it's a big studio release. It's a Universal film. It, it, sort of. Oh, interesting. <laughs> sort of. It's I like a, it when you dig into these magic little things that explain a lot more stuff. Um, it's. We can get into it. I, I mean, anything else you want to say about the film itself? I mean, we've done the, no, the soundtrack is worth listening to, and, and the history we'll, of the soundtrack. We'll is, talk about that too. That's on here. That's, yeah. I mean, that's what made this movie the soundtrack. The soundtrack's really good. It held up. I listened to it also while I was on it. Yeah, I drove. I, I drove. The, the movie's the movie's extremely mediocre, and then and, and like really just kind of like I, I got through it, but it wasn't like a chore to get through. But I was like, I could have done other stuff. But yeah. I'm watching this for the. I mean, I literally, like outside of the podcast, I don't think I'd watch this movie again. Um, I probably wouldn't revisit. I revisited it. I don't have to go back for six years. I got gotcha. you. I, I mean, you know, I feel good about it. I feel good about the decision because it's a cult movie and it does have a cult following. Like there's a there's a cult around this movie, but I, I don't know if it's it, one that it, I would be a part of. So I read a little bit about that because the director had, they had a 25th anniversary screening yep. of it recently in Chicago. Yep. And he was talking about the cult following of this. And I'm like, really? How big is this cult? Right. Because I don't, I mean. I think it's all going to be related to the soundtrack. I think the soundtrack think is driving right. 99% right. of it. It's like, it's like for me, like, I mentioned it before, but um, so um, singles. Yep. Cameron Crowe movie. I'm with you, 100 percent on this. The soundtrack trumps the movie. Yeah, this is, the movie's okay. It's, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's it's very it's a romantic comedy kind of thing, but it's, yep. it's fine what it is. The soundtrack's one of the best. I will argue it's probably the best soundtrack of the '90s. It's one of the best soundtracks ever. You know, it's got to be it's easily top ten. Oh, 100 percent. But like for the '90s, it's got to be number one. I can't think of anything better that came out in the '90s that was like. Like, well, I mean, like, it, co- like, like, 
Like personal versus just actual album, I right. think singles is a better one. Right. Personally, I like I'm a so Mary Nax murderer guy. Right. So that's my favorite soundtrack but, of all time. But but, but, but it's a good sound, and that one's a good one too. But we're talking about like a you know, no on, on a bigger scale. Right. Yeah, like singles a, wise, if you look at singles right. and what it is, right, it's, it is literally it a launched all kinds of right. crap. It's a history of grunge before the grunge had a history. That's a hundred percent fact. And so oh, somebody yeah. broke that. Some A yeah. and R rep broke that. Right. Just like this, some A and R rep was like, "Hey, let's take these bands because we're talking." 93 helmet uh meantime came out in 92 right 91 actually so helmet's still a, a right pretty big mud honey's virtually unheard of right at this point. right you got pearl jam who's also sonic youth is on the soundtrack yeah, like pearl jam came out in 91 they were just recording verses when this come out right and so they're teamed up with cypress hill who just had insane in the membrane come out hit and it was the rappers were bigger than the rock, rock stars, stars right. on, on this scenario um with the exception of like slayer i think slayer was pretty big at that time um, and, um uh, is, is uh, Body count. Uh, teenage uh, fan club and De La Souls fallen yeah. is brilliant. Oh, I, that song holds up so well. Oh yeah, because it's the, it's the first song you hear in the credits, and it's like, oh my god, it's so it's good. It's such a great and track. Samples Tom Petty, and it's just like it's oh, so good, so good. I like the same. The movie's okay. The yeah. soundtrack's amazing, and so and the downside is the movie. The one thing that I really didn't like about the movie is it did not take advantage of the soundtrack in the film. Like it opens right. with Fallen right. and it closes with Fallen. Fallen. Great song, but I don't think they. I don't think they had the it. music became background. Right, right. But I don't think and they had it. Right, and so they should have had those pieces though, where they plugged them in. After, it had to be an afterthought. I don't know. They had Fallen. Well, they had fallen like in that part of the production. Maybe that was ready, but I don't know. Like, like making this movie, I don't think they had like music in mind. No, 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 no. It's not like Baby Driver scenario, right? Right. Yeah. Though, had you turned this Which, into a right? See, and I understand how films are made. We, you know, we've made films, and but it's it's like for me that I'm always thinking soundtrack anyway as I'm making. And well, I, I just, it could. It, I, just, I just don't have money to to buy. This could be an example of again where the marketing was like, yeah, the movie's all right, but we can make some money off the record. Right, right. Um, and that could be where we're at. So, uh, some so here's some facts. A screenwriter Kevin Jerry, um, actually was one of the actually one of the one who wrote the first spec script for the movie sometime around '89. Jeez. Producer Lawrence Gordon, who produced the films like Predator and Die Hard, bought bought it in January 1990. But later, his script was sold to another studio, and by the time the movie was going to be made, Jerry's original script was dramatically changed uh, by many other writers to the point where um, Lewis Colick, one of the writers who worked on the rewrites, uh, could only get a story uh, get get writing a story credit. According to fans of Kevin Jerry, who read the original script, uh, not a single room from it strayed from the final film, and the script was a lot more darker and violent than the first one. I'd like to see if I can get my hands on that. Yeah, no joke. Uh, same thing happened to Jerry's original script for films like Rambo First Blood Part Two and The Devil's Own. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Uh, after the 25th anniversary screening uh, uh, during um, uh, Cinelocoplets in uh, Chicago, director Stephen Hopkins confirmed that the script went through many, many changes. Uh, and many months before they got to a final, a uh, couple writers, which Hopkins mentioned were involved in earlier, were Gary Cunningham and John Carpenter. Really? Yep, Carpenter worked on it a little bit. He also said one of these versions took place in the desert outside L.A. and included biker gangs and ro- rooftop motorcycle chases. If it's L- outside of L.A., uh, it's most likely Carpenter doing that stuff. So here's the thing. Emilio Estevez asked for and received $4 million to star in this film. Good gosh. He was able to get this much... Uh, a larger payday than anyone expected because he was available at the point where the film needed to go into production or had the plug pulled. They spent more than twice that uh, $4 million figured on pre-production, which would have been lost if he didn't take the lead role. So uh, they didn't want him. 
and they passed on him and they were trying to get these other people and they couldn't get anyone else and so they were like we have to make this movie Emilio's available he wants four million and they were like we'll pay him four million good that's brutal that's why he's not working he, yeah <laughs> yeah um Alan Silvestri's first score was rejected <laughs> Wow. The original score was entirely electronic, but the filmmaker asked if he would beef up the action from the orchestral score. Hopkins wanted a score to sound more like uh, the one he did for Predator 2, which Hopkins also directed. And that's why there's a lot of similarities between the both scores. So at the end of this movie, it's basically the score to Predator 2. Yeah. It's literally this. um, Let's see. I'm trying to find it. Uh there are uh, most of the scores. What the new stuff? There's three tracks from the original on the the soundtrack itself, not the soundtrack, but the score track. And but uh, and some of the original movies you can hear in the theatrical trailer, but the rest of it was rejected. And That's fascinating. But the, the, the last third of this, the music in this is is Predator. I mean, it's, yeah. it's just it happens. It's probably B B tracks, and he just like stuff that got rejected from Predator Two and. So during the scene where Frank is attempting to catch up with the police car, the RV passes by Patty's Pub from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, which isn't located in Chicago or Philadelphia, but in Los Angeles. That's so funny. Thought you would enjoy that. That's great. Uh, during the film, to- uh, film of the rooftop confrontation between uh, Dennis Leary and Paul, uh, Paul Giamatti slash Terry <laughs> Pippen, uh, the cast and crew were stunned uh, by the sound of random unexpected gunshots. The crew ran downstairs to find a 16-year-old kid with his head blown off by another youth of the same age as part of a, oh, gang, dear God. Of a gang initiation by murder. The army was brought in to secure the area the next day, and production was moved elsewhere. Good God. During the opening weekend, there was a shooting at this screening in, Bron- in a Bronx theater, and local media blamed the movie itself on the incident. In response, it was quickly pulled from distribution and ran only two weeks. That's why it doesn't make a lot of money. Uh, this led to a failure at the box office, and eventually its cult status, which I still question. That's fa- so. Uh, it was direct. Uh, it was direct. Uh, uh, direct to video in Europe. Also, it was not released in theaters. Yeah, so I saw it in theaters. So that's fascinating. I had no idea about the the gang. But why? It doesn't really make sense that it's a gang violence movie, and the soundtrack is really not that vi- like listening to it. There's right. hardly. I mean, there's cuss words on the soundtrack, right, but, but it's, it's the early '90s, and we had that. Remember, we, this is the scare we also had. We had the program. Yeah, the football guys lying in, the, and they had that, and they're um, uh, what's the one where they they burn the guy alive in the um subway um booth? It's um or it's the Damon Wayans movie's Bullet. Uh, I can't remember. There's another one of those '90s movies where that uh, an act of violence that people were trying to do. And wow. So, and so, and then um, of course, when Juice came out, there was there was yeah. gunfights for Juice and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, I so, remember that. So. so yeah. You know, I'm it's just, just amazing to me because this is a very like whitewashed movie. It is. It is. I mean, Cuba Gooding Jr. is the only. I mean, he's token in this right. film because he's it's so it's '90s and this right. is what they did. Fascinating. Um, Universal was also taken back by the bleak tones of the dailies shot in Chicago. They thought the crew was using a matte painting. <laughs> wow, it's, it's so it's flat. So That's flat. amazing. It's so flat. See, I love it. the fact that it was that gritty. I thought that was a nice touch. It felt very '70s cinema to me. Oh, yeah, it, 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 I like the look of it. Don't get it. I just again, the story to me was just like I, 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 I didn't like any of the characters, and it was like even like Dennis Leary. I'm not rooting for him. I like if it, I was like, is there a way where everyone can lose? I just, right. Because and I don't think they're. And we can get to this part. It's like so. But you like the film, so would you? Would I don't you, love the film. I just it's so on my you, moderate scale, it's on the like side so, as opposed to the non-like so side. Would you? How would you? How would you change it? If you if if you were in charge of this film, what would you do? 
Uh, well, I mean, let's say, okay, so I'm remaking essentially right. in modern, uh, the modern scenario. I, I think you still make it in the city. I think you have to find a mechanic to get rid of the cell phone situation. You've got to do something. I think it's more, I think you, you actually need to lower the age group. I think it needs to be like teenagers, like 18, 19, 20, and they're going to some kind of rave or something. And this is how it happens to them as opposed to adult, like individuals that can make much better decisions because that's part of the problem you're having. Part of the problem I had is these guys make decisions that are terrible. And I think they put the drinking there to kind of offset that. But if you have young people making bad decisions, but they have the drinking, but they don't really act drunk. And I, no, no, I know, yeah, but I'm saying I, I have a huge, like, I would take it and make it young people making bad decisions at a rave. They lose their phones. Everything goes to shit with them and they do experience something horrific. Like they got to see something horrific, like murder in, the, in a situation. And then suddenly, if you have younger people running through this scenario, it's a different beast. And most people aren't going to pay attention to them. So you're making a statement about the youth, the fact that we we kind of don't observe the youth. We're like, oh, those dumb millennials. You, you kind of take that approach and you push it out that way. And then you modernize it with uh, the same sort of soundtrack. So, so to build off that, I, I like that. And idea. the soundtrack has to be integral to the movie. So it has to be We're, cut almost like a musical. So I like... I like a lot of this. I would do it like I, I like the idea of the, doing them going to a rave instead of walking. I, I like that hip, and I, I'm digging. Well, it. it works in that space. It, too, right? it definitely works in that space because you, you're going to a shady place to, to to a rave anyway. I would I would have them all do Uber. Oh, sick! That's cool. And the Uber driver is the guy who's the the, the one who's murdered. Or even even if they take an Uber though, yeah, they're dropped off without a car, right? Exactly. And if their phones are gone, right. There you go. Cause, cause, Solves the problem because you don't need the RV. Actually, the RV. we could make this move, right? You, you you don't need the RV, right? You don't. And no, then, no, the RV's gone. It's got to be. It's just a, it's a mechanism to get them there, right? And it's not really a. It's like I was thinking the RV. I like I I seen it like. 20 years ago almost and i thought the rv was a bigger part of that i did too and it's not it's, it's like very it's, small it's like in the first act they burn it out and then they're on the run it's like oh, then why have why spend the money on the rv i don't the other thing i would do is make it winter so oh, cold so cold, cold is cold. And it sucks i bet the production on this movie sucks it's all it no, daylight i mean it's uh, sorry it's, it's all, all night. nighttime exteriors yeah. screw that and i'm sure they shot it maybe during the spring so it wasn't so brutal then you but i would make this in the winter so you force them inside yeah. so you're constantly when the, and it's easy to track them because now there's footprints like i would do with well, there's snow on the ground right, i would right. do things like that to make it a much harder um and i would make the, the hero a, a woman i i literally wouldn't pull a ripley i would make a ripley out of this this girl that literally you see her kind of take control of the situation right. um I, the one thing I did like about the original that I would try and keep maintain somewhat in this is instead of going as a horror film where everybody dies, I did like the fact that one person died mm -hmm. and the, and the others were injured. I might maybe I make the group five and kill two, three make it, right. but I would do something to some level of like not everybody needs to get wiped off. Of course, speaking of which, I mean, I mean, in a certain way, if like Bloomhouse got a hold of this, this is, this could be a great horror film. It's a fantastic horror film. There's a great idea in this instead of doing this crime thriller, go straight up horror with it. Yeah. And and the you don't need your Dennis Larry type doing his 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 bits in it. I don't know. Dennis, you don't have to have that. No, Dennis Larry kind of threw me off. I don't. I I didn't mind it. I like mouthy bad guys. That's a '90s trope. The mouthy bad guy is 100% '90s trope. So it didn't bother me so much. Like I just kept going. You're making things worse. Yeah. You're a terrible boss. You're making weighing things way worse. Why are you doing? I me we're making this is if. Uh, I'm going to fully admit that I'm re I'm going to remake Deliverance in the city. Let's just yeah. be honest. Let's make it. Yeah. If we're going to make it, let's make it. And like, you know, I like you know, maybe the guys are going back to uh, you know to this one spot because 
you know, just like in Deliverance, this place is not going to be like this anymore. And so I'm going to go back and see home or whatever, where I right. came from or whatever, and things go south from there. Or the guy's like, this is where I came from. He never was there from the first place. He's got Maybe he's like some rich dude who's got this whole backstory where he's like, yeah, I come up from the inner city. And they show good. We don't fucking know you. Why are you here? Right. And then... You, then, then Look, I'd love it if you, you go ballsy and it's an Eminem or right. another rapper, rapper type character. character and it's like, uh, it doesn't matter white or black. I don't care. Just somebody that's poser, a poser. poser. Yeah, it comes in. Okay. That's brutal. And so you come in and then the whole town's good. But see... They, but wait a second. Can I borrow that idea for my teenage version? Of course you can. You and can. like that's the kid that knows where the rave is and right. he doesn't. Right. And, and so, that's our Jeremy Piven. <laughs> and so, but then, then mine turns away more away from deliverance and becomes more Southern Comfort. Ooh, good reference. I love Southern Comfort over Deliverance. Yeah, I, Deliverance is what it is. And I like, but, it, but for me, the better film is. I think the performances are better. Yeah, and you, you got Powers Booth and Robert Carradine, and and it's just. If you've not seen, uh, uh, Southern oh, it's Comfort, a, fantastic. I, I need to put that on this list. We I, should. We should put it on the list because it's. We got to find it though, right? I, uh, I think you can get it digitally. I think. You can, okay. I think I'll have to look. But and the soundtrack's really good. Rock Cooter's done the soundtrack on it. Yeah. So it's like uh, so it's um, I think Deliverance. If for those who have not seen it, think Deliverance. And if you're not seeing Deliverance, go YouTube that. But it's Deliverance in Louisiana with National Arm uh, National Guard guys who are basically weekend warriors. They're on a science. They're on a training mission or whatever, and they piss off some Cajuns. And these Cajuns are stalking them through this movie, and it's just brilliant. It's absolutely brilliant. Yeah, it's, it's like, brutal. It's, it's brutal yeah, movie. It's, yeah, it's just a good movie. So, I would, I would, I would take a little Deliverance. I would take a little Southern Comfort. I would shake it up and throw it in like Chicago or Cleveland or you know somewhere Gary or yeah, New Orleans even. Hell, New Orleans would have been great. New Orleans ain't bad. Yeah, anywhere but Mobile. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> doesn't work here. So as we talked about the soundtrack, the soundtrack was really, really good. It's got um, Helmut and House of Pain doing Just Another Victim. Uh, we talked about Fallen from Teenage Fan Club, De La Soul. YouTube, that is so good. Me, myself, and my microphone by Living Color and Run DMC, which is also brilliant. And it's, I, it's good. My, and, my favorite one is who's with who's Del the uh, Funky Homo Sapien with? Oh, I can't remember. I didn't write it I down. don't either. That track, though, because, you know, most people know Del from the Gorillas. Right. And so when you hear, or Gorillas, sorry. And so when you hear it, it's actually really, oh, uh, Oh, it's another Teenage Fan Club. Is that right? No, Teenage Fan Club's De La Soul, Del the Funky. Sorry, I'm trying to find it. But go ahead, keep continue with your bit, and I'll dig it up. Uh, and then, of course, me being the fan, there's a Pearl Jam and Cypress Hills song, uh, real thing. Um, the Pearl Jam song part though is it's basically just Jeff Emmett, Stone Gossard, and the drummer. Yeah, <laughs> it's, pre- it's pretty simple riff too. Yeah. And they just were kind of hanging out and play, and they were that. The, there's not like there's a lot of history on Pearl Jam, like through the fan sites and stuff. And there's like this is like a little blip where they don't talk about it. Yeah, I don't know if they didn't have a good. But Stone's a huge Cypress Hill fan, so the, I mean it had been a treat for him anyway. And he even gets name checked in this. <laughs> oh yeah, he gets name checked in that. So I thought that was pretty sweet. Oh, what do you think the budget was? Oh, I don't know. This is probably 92. It's probably it's probably fairly decent. 12? 21. 21. Good grief. Opening weekend, what do you think it made? Uh, Maybe that's close to 10. Four. God, it bombed. Uh, total gross was 12.5. 12.5 on the 21. Never so, made it. So uh, the um, uh, it released October 17th, 1993. How do you think it did in the top 10? I will tell you, it did make the top ten. Yeah, there's no way it made the top ten. It was a four it, million dollar. No, it made the top it ten. It did with yeah, the four million dollar drop. Yep. 
Um, it's got to be like five. You're close. Number six. Yeah. Number one, Demolition Man. Of course. <clears throat> the seashell. Yep. Uh, number two, the Beverly Hillbillies. Wow, it what was, a turd. It was, it was uh, opening weekend for that, too. Oh, God. Number three was Cool Running. I love that movie. I do, too. Uh, number four was Malice. And then number five Malice was... Malice is terrible. And well, number five was Dazed and Confused. Ooh. All right, all right, uh, all right. That's where we're getting Matthew McConaughey from. Yeah, that's good. So uh, how do you think it ranked in the top films of 1993? Oh, my God. It's got to be... Uh, I'm going to go with 62. 101. Golly, it didn't even make the top hundo. Can you name the top five films of 1993? No, we are, Jurassic Park. Number yes. one, you got one. Four Finally, it's, it's taken four <laughs> shows for me to just say Jurassic Park all the time. You got four more shots. Go. Oh my got? God, Ghostbusters two? That's not in there. No, ninety two, man. Uh, or over ninety. Uh, ninety three. Out of Africa. No, that's eighty six. <laughs> Just, I don't know. I'm terrible at dates. You are very terrible. I got Jurassic Park. That's the only one that matters to me. I'll give you one more shot, and then I'll let you give up. I have no idea what else would be. What else came out? In Back to Future 3? That's 89. Mm, no. Good, good thinking. Number one, Jurassic Park. Number two, The Fugitive. Oh, damn it. I knew that one. Number three, The Firm. Oh, I knew that, too. Sleepers in Seattle. Ugh. And Mrs. Doubtfire. Oh, I knew all these. We've gone over these before. This is the year that gave us In the Line of Fire. Great movie. Yeah, it is. John Malkovich with plastic guns. guns. That's a freaking awesome idea. <laughs> the, yeah, Great it's, movie. It's a good movie. I watched it re- recently because it was on, um, uh, what is, uh, Crackle. It's on Crackle. It's a good film. A Few Good Men. Great film. Also, Cooper Gooden Jr. Uh, Groundhog Day. Great film. Aladdin. Well, you know. And the Oscar winner that year was Schindler's List. Oh, good God. I can't believe I didn't remember that. That's so, Bill so that, that was... That was how it did. <laughs> well, it is what it is. It's deliverance. It's what it is. Yeah. No. It yeah. is what it is. I mean, it's not Nemesis bad. Nemesis is the worst thing we've seen. So it's, it's Nemesis it's, is the worst thing ever made. I think my problem is that I expected so much more out of this cast. And I like the even the idea, even even being a deliverance ripoff, I was expecting more and I didn't get it. It's very flat. It's just like Oh, it's a flat film. That that's my one thing. It feels like an indie film more than it does a studio picture to me. Right. And, and it kind of was treated that way. And I it was kind of treated I think I think it I was mean, from the beginning. Because you know, I mean if Universal's like at a daily and going, This is a matte painting and not going just sending in people to help, they're just like, Whatever. We've yeah. we've paid Emilio four. Grand. I think it just lacked I mean, it lacked in structure. It, lo- it lacked a lot of action beats. It had a lot of chasing beats, right? Because there's people running all the time, but there's never there's never any moments of. It's the same repetitive action. Right. So you're like, I got it. You ran, you ran, you ran, and what we needed was a little bit of a. But you had to have that. But here's here's one thing I do respect about the film, is that no one's a superhero in this. They didn't turn the four guys into someone who can you. Know, Cooper Gooding can kind of fight. I mean, they're, they're, they try to allude that Emilio Espinosa was a badass too and can kind of fight. And I, you know, I agree. I like Emilio, and I'm with you. I don't. He, I don't always see him as a hero type, but nah. especially in this film, which is okay. And they're not. They're getting their they're getting their asses kicked. They're running a lot. Cooper Gooding cannot shoot a gun, which is perfect because I mean, most people in that situation they can't shoot a gun. Right. I think the issue it's, maybe it's very realistic for me. That's maybe the issue though. Right. Maybe that's part of the problem with the movie is that it, it borderlined on too real versus. Uh, the fantasy of what the situation right. would be. They're just going to be a little, uh, yeah. I mean, I'm not, just a, a good mix. Just yeah. a good, good, I like, I mean, you know, if, you know they, they throw Jerry Pimmon off the, I, I buy that. That's yeah. all that happened. 100%. And it's just, uh, but 
the the more Dennis Leary kept doing stuff, the more he just made it worse for himself. Yeah, it's like you're just making more witnesses that you I kinda, kill. It's right. like it's like then you break the rule. The you you established a rule. Why do you keep breaking the rule to do the uh yeah uh, yeah. And then they're like, there's a lot of t- like there's a lot of tension on the outside. There there didn't need to be an internal tension from the group, especially after Jerry because Jerry Piven is basically all tension from the group. He's the he's the one who refuses to make the phone call because he says that the there's no service. He's the one who uh, is more worried about the RV than anyone else. And right, uh, I mean, him he's, being the because he's be- the only one who's got really got. He, he has financial stakes. Yeah, he's got stakes involved, yeah. and 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 Emilio has his wife and kid, but that. Dennis Leary threatens a little bit, but doesn't go double down. See, if I'm Dennis Leary, I'm just going over there. Yeah. You've got to come home sooner or later. Yeah. I'll get you when I get you. Yeah. And I'll take out the family, too, and no one knows me because no one knows who the hell I am. Right. Because clearly, I mean, there's so many ways this could be. It's just, I don't know. I don't, I'm just curious about the cult status, too. I just don't know. Yeah. I think, it's, I mean, I think you, it all it, has to do with the But if you're soundtrack. a fan, let us know that you're a fan. I'd like to know what what, what, what makes this move. For, outside of the soundtrack, I mean, if you love it for the soundtrack, that's great. I mean, yeah. But but why, I would like to know, too. Singles. Yeah. Shoot, shoot over. That's why I own singles is because I like the soundtrack. And it's like, the movie's yeah. okay, but Eddie Vedder's in it, too. So it was whatever. And he gets a line. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so, uh, I'm... I'm I, I, like I said, it's better than Nemesis, but no, I don't think anything will... God, I hope nothing else we watch is as bad as Nemesis. Nemesis is so weird, though. It's a bizarre film. It's a real bizarre film. It's like they're... In some ways, though, it's so painful to get through because it is so bizarre, unlike this, that's just, like you said, it's moderate. It's just right down the line. This is very mediocre. And, 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 and for me, it's, it ticks into the I'm okay with it box versus yours. It, I think yours ticks in the... Eh, not so much box, but it's we're both in that middle right, bracket. Right, right, right. right, right. Um, Nemesis, we're both on the uh, it's, God, it's the farthest end of the spectrum, spectrum of shit show. Right, right. Yeah. I mean, at least at least you had quality actors, and the, there's a story in this. There's no story in Nemesis. No, there's nothing. Remember, we had to read the Wikipedia because I didn't know yeah. what the hell was we going. Had, on. Yeah, I mean, I write I write our synopsis, right? And uh, I tried for Nemesis, and I'm like, I don't know what the hell I just watched, and that's yeah. rarely for me. I'm like. Yeah. I'm on top of this. But you got to dig to find them turds sometimes. Oh, man. Yeah. Just, um, oh, well. That's, that's great. But, again, I think this movie is just extremely mediocre. That's all right. I'm like, that's just, like, I, like two out of four stars. Yeah. <laughs> five out of ten. I mean, literally, it's just like. Yeah, 50%. 50%. I'm, I'm, I'm at 5.5 <laughs> or 4.5. Uh, 2.5. Right. I'm just like, eh. Yeah. I just. I like I said again. I, I was expecting way more than I got out of it. Yeah, and uh, and that's kind of a shame because I think there's a an interesting film in there. I mean, that's what I like about our show. We take these 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 movies, uh, and some have been better than others. But we all we try to go. What could we do with it? I well, think, look, I think you and I pitch better. Recalling stuff. recalling Demon Knight is fantastic. Right. Like I forgot how much I enjoyed yeah. that movie. Oh, yeah. So like if you don't go through them and cycle them through, you don't know where it is. And look, you watch your own movies. Disagree with us. Like right. that's the best part is I'd love it if somebody would watch these. Now look, I love Judgment Night, and here's the reasons why. Yeah, I'd love to know why. That's the great conversation about film that needs to be had. Right. That's been lost and it's going away. Why aren't we having? That's what we need to be. Yeah, because it's like you. Oh, oh! You don't like the movie? Well, the, you're, you're a terrible human being. Or yeah, you like the movie? You're a terrible human being. What's wrong with you? And yeah, I don't think anybody, I, I, I'm of the opinion you like what you like. You can't help that. You yeah. you enjoyed it. But I, I, for me, as a fan, I'm, I'm like, as a fan of film, I'm just like I, I don't see it. Let me know what you saw in it. Yeah. I want to I, I want to know. I'm with you on that. I'm curious about it because I mean, I'm clearly I've, I did not see it in the same light. Yeah, I'm 100 percent with you on it. So, uh, so on uh, the next episode of uh, I guess it'll come out the same week. Or maybe the week before, because anyway, 
the the episode of um, the cult movie canteen that happens around this when we release this is uh, Stephanie's running it instead of me. And Justina's playing her part, so she'll be doing the libation. So I'm playing Justina because I've not seen the movie. Oh. And the movie's a Christmas story. Oh, that's so wild to me. You've never seen a Christmas story. Right, which is like, and so when I leave here, I think I'm going to watch it, and then I'm going to watch it in the morning because I bought it on Blu-ray when it was on, uh, I found it on Blu-ray at uh, Walmart's Black Friday sale. Yeah. So I bought it. I've never seen it. I And so I'm curious how that's going to work out because I, I, I know just enough to be dangerous with it, but I don't. I'm, I'm, the best fun fact you can plug in there, you know that he directed the same director did um, uh, Black, Black Friday, Black, uh, Black, Black Sunday, Christmas, Black Christmas, yeah, yeah, Black Christmas, which right. not not the remake, the original, the, the original, original is fantastic, yeah, the original one. Without that, um, we don't get Halloween. Yeah, but uh, so Steph's running all that stuff. I'm curious what the fun facts is. Steph. I'm literally not doing. I'm watching a movie and coming in with notes. I'm not. Love it. It's because I never get to do that. I always have the notes. Yeah, so yeah. I'm always doing, it's going to be real hard. Not I think to it'll do. be fun. It'll be good it'll for re- you, too. It'll be real hard not to do research. I mean, when I did it for Whip It, and it just hadn't took me for, I was like, I can't do research, and this sucks. I'm yeah. Just, so. But I liked Whip It, so. I Look, I love A Christmas Story. I'm a fan of that movie. I love the, constru- the construction of the film. I love the narrative. I love the flow. Right. Um, I love the way movie. it looks. I enjoyed it. So, as you get there. Um. I know um, we're going to invite you for um, Cult Movie Cantina for a movie that uh, is a, I think it would be a, a great companion to Nemesis that Steph wants to do. Okay. She wants to do Cyborg. Holy crap. The Jean-Claude movie? Yeah. And that's our boy. That's our boy. That's our yeah. Nemesis. Same director. Same director. So yeah. I want to have you on for- I will 100% uh, and, jump in. And we're going to do that much sooner. We also had our winner for um, the uh, contest for the Chronicle Limbo, Richard yep. Harris won. Oh, congrats. I love Richard. And he picked his movie. What Do we get to know? Uh, I'll tell you in this show because the, the listenerships are different, I think, yeah. a little bit. Um, and I guess next week we'll announce that one, too, for that one. But I'll announce it. Go ahead and announce it now. Um, Steph hates this movie. I think this is great. Oh, no. I know what this is. She hates this movie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I love this movie. I think Justine has actually seen it, so it's yeah. going to be interesting. Princess Bride. I see. I love that movie. I do too. I don't. I'm. I'm much like this. If you like this movie, that's great. I don't understand how you hate the Princess Bride. I don't get how you. I don't. I don't get. How you, I. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how you hate the I Princess Bride. I don't know how you hate the Princess Bride. Unless maybe you hate Fred Savage. I, if you hate Fred Savage, write in and let us know. Yeah, I don't know. How and you, tell me why. Because remember that show, Working. Um, he was on. That was a great show. Yeah. Not to pull some random thing out of my arse here, but I enjoyed that show. Uh, I want to plug something before we go. That, uh, uh, then I'm going to ask suggestions for our next film. But um, so, have you seen the movies that made us on Netflix? Of course, I love it. I've seen the first two. I've never. Uh, I've seen Dirty Dancing. Yeah, the first one's on Dirty Dancing. I'm not a fan of Dirty Dancing. How, tell me that wasn't a great story the, though. The documentary on Dirty Dancing. I'm like, okay, I see Dirty Dancing in a whole different light now. Yep. I get it. I get it. And Total indie film. Yeah, beautiful. However. The one on Home Alone, it's mind blowing. Blew my mind, and I highly recommend. It's you know the holiday season. You want first Home Alone's the highest grossing holiday movie of all time, um, and then how they made it is crazy. Yeah, shot by a guy who never shot a film before. Yeah, shot, a feature, a feature before, yeah. and uh, also wrote Crazy Gremlins, but um, shot like in a gymnasium in a school. They built the built it's a insane. insane. It is like, so good. Oh, so, I'm so, I'm and so, then Die Hard's fascinating when you get to it. I can't wait to get to Die Hard. So I mean, if there's some crazy facts. So, it's, it's, so they're doing it's 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 um dirty dirty dancing, Home Alone, Ghostbusters, and Die Hard. Ghostbusters is good. 
I liked it. I, but I know I, a lot about Ghostbusters. I know so. a lot about Ghostbusters. So so. Like some, but the, the the relationship part, kind of talking about some things that happened between people at the end of some other people's lives right. was actually really good. So speaking of Ghostbusters, let me go a little. I didn't tangent. like it. Are you going to the trailer? Yeah, let's talk about the trailer. I didn't. I didn't get it. It wasn't for me. And here's the thing: I'm a Ghostbusters fan. I'm not a diehard fan. I'm not anti the <laughs> the women Ghostbusters. I didn't. I actually didn't see it. It just didn't appeal to me. I like Ghostbusters for the nostalgia part of it, but my wife—that's her movie. Right. I saw this trailer. I didn't. It. Uh, it just didn't connect with it. It doesn't look bad. It just. It was mediocre for me. It visually, the way it physically looked, is gorgeous. I love it. I just the story felt like Stranger Things, and I think it's because that kid's in it. Yeah, he's in a lot of stuff. Every time he shows up in something like it, it hurts me a little bit because it's it's easy for me to box him in. But that's where it was. Um, I liked the trailer more, the teaser more than I thought I was going to like it. Yeah. Um. I I am amused slash horrified that children have nuclear proton packs and just firing weapons like Facts. that throughout the city. And I was like, really? Are we doing this? Okay. Um, someone pointed out, someone, someone mentioned that um, they couldn't believe that Ray would give up the Ecto-1 for Spangler to like kind of store. Yeah. That's all about Spangler's family, which I right. think is great. It's great. No, the, it's a cool concept. The best concept, I think. To, to do. Yeah. And they were like, there, there's no way Ray would give that up. And then I had to remind them that if you ever you saw everyone's seen the first Ghostbusters, right? Yep. He mortgages his house twice, his his childhood home twice. Uh, you know, and the interest rate alone was going to be killed. I, I did the math one day on that. I got. I mean, if we ever go back and do Ghostbusters, one of the shows, um, I need to go back and do that. But I did the math on how much how much. Oh, it's like ridiculous, ridiculous, and like so. Yeah. And then of course it fails. Right, because you know, Ghostbusters one ends ends and the city doesn't reimburse them or anything. We find out Ghostbusters two, so he lost his house, and so he ain't got the money to go hold on to Ecto. There's no way. Right, raise a cult shop did not. <laughs> yeah, didn't have made that much money. That's right. And I'm pretty sure that after they saved the world from Vigo two, and 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 two, um, they didn't um they didn't get reimbursed either because you know New York. Yeah, this is you know it's what it is. Yeah. So. <laughs> <clears throat> Sorry about that. Darkadosis. Um, I'm trying to think of another trailer that come out of that. So you see Nolan's new one, Tenant? Yeah, it's interesting. I have no idea what it's about. Yeah, I just okay. there's like forward time, backward time. Whatever. Just, just, yeah. You've got my money. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'll see it. I, I see his stuff. Um, the, the movie I'm so still, and it's not ever going to be on this podcast unless it's super terrible, is 1917. I, I'm kind of excited about that movie. I want to be, but it's a lot more say less than I am. So yeah. I'll say it, but I'm like, like I'm not. It's just a real time thing. Yeah, I, I get it from from like I, I think it's gonna be interesting, but it's like I know. I, I hope it's. I'm going in as a fan of the technicians, right? See, not a fan of the story, right? It's because like Sam Mendes is, is I like I like um I don't like Skyfall. Yeah, I don't like it now. Like the last, the only Bond I like really, really well, the modern Bond I like of Casino Royale. I'm yeah. the same way. The other ones, I just they don't do anything right. for me. The reason why Casino Royale works is written by three different people. They each do an act, and it works. It works. The rest of them are just like garbage. Yeah, Spectre, I'm not a fan. especially Spectre, and the new one looks like garbage. I just oh, wait, I have no. That's another trailer. I have no appeal. It, it appeals to me zero. Or, yeah, no, I like have garbage. no interest in it whatsoever. Uh, Unless he passes the torch, then I'm in. And then I like. Uh, I'm curious about the Road to Victoria. The yeah, Dennis, the the, the um, Bradcliffe. Uh, what's his? Harry Potter, yeah. Um, Daniel Radcliffe, his that one looks really interesting. Yeah. 
and uh, we saw it. But we got a poster for uh, Villeneuve's Dune. Oh, really? Yep. Oh, that's cool. Yep. Some key art came out for that. I'd like to see that. I'm interested. Look, Denis Villeneuve. Uh, I'm not a big fan of um, Blade Runner 2049. I didn't see it. Narratively, it's terrible. Visually, unbelievable. It's Roger Deakins. Right. Okay. So I'm a, won an Oscar for I, it. I'm a. I'm in a camp of people who hate Blade Runner. I don't hate Blade Runner. Uh, I enjoy it. It's just not my favorite science fiction film of all time. Like I get Blade Runner. Like I like Citizen Kane. I don't love Citizen Kane, but I understand Citizen Citizen's Kane's place in history. Right. Blade Runner. I don't like it at all. I don't like it. It's slow. It doesn't like the sci-fi is there. I don't care. I just by the end of it, I just don't care. I don't care if Decker's a robot or not. I just don't. I that whatever. Um however, visually the the Mason scene in it is oh my god. Oh, it's beautiful. So pretty to look it's at. It's beautiful. But can it keep my attention for the entire film it doesn't? I've seen it I think I've seen every one of the 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 cuts now and hoping that they get better and they never do. <laughs> so, it's it's slow, and so is twenty forty nine. And that's slow. why I didn't see the new one. It just like yeah. like I was excited for a minute because it again looks stunning. But it's like, and I may pick it up if it's on like you know somewhere streaming. Oh yeah, it's worth just a fast forward through. Right, if it's put on a really good soundtrack and watch it because it's visually just candy. Right. Um, but it just didn't. He did the Arrival too, didn't he? Now see, I love Arrival. I'm sorry with the Arrival. I I, I loved it, I but like, I liked the way it looked. I like. I like. He did Sicario, which is my jam. Oh, I love Sicario. Sicario. I'm about to watch Sicario two tonight. Have you seen it? No, I've not seen That's it. That's good. It's different, but it's good. Yeah. Um. See, I like the writer of that. I like all three of his. It's uh, Sicario and uh, Helen Highwater and the new uh, one. The the one with um, Jeremy Renner. Uh, that one was great. Whatever yeah. the, the where he goes on the reserve. Yeah. That's Fudge, that was good. Oh yeah, <laughs> windfall, wind, some wind, something. Yeah, not wind talkers, wind, some. I don't know. I don't know. That was, so that was a great movie. Hell, high water is really good too. It is. I found the pacing a little weird in spots. I, I'm like, okay with it though. Yeah, I'm okay with it's, it. I mean, it's slow burn western, I mean, but it's but it's like it's like the best bank robbery story I've seen in a while. Yeah, I mean, really, like you like, and it's good from two perspectives. Yeah. So I dug it. I think I like it. But Sicario, oh my god, I love Sicario. I love Sicario. It's yeah, great. I just bought it recently, just because I, 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 I had two. I had, I had two for a minute, and then I was like, I don't want the first one. It was on sale on Amazon Prime, so I was like, it's mine. Yeah. So yeah. It's a good go. movie. Yeah. That opening when you got the the bodies hi- hiding in the in the um, walls, and then then they go the cops go out and they're investigating the uh, the shed, and then they just blow up. You don't see that shit coming out of nowhere. Yeah, it's good. And then you've got Josh Brolin, who's like amazingly assholeish in this. Yep. And so in two, you've got you've got him doing the same thing, but he's balls to the wall because he's he's got the Patriot guy on his time. And so it's it's that guy with no limit. Yeah. And it's oh. and then um Benicio del Toro is really good. He it's in the trailer, but he shoots a gun stupid. I love it. With a weird I don't care. It, I it love it. It doesn't make no sense to me. Like, how's that feasible? But <laughs> it's basically modern quick draw. Yeah, but he, he's he, fanning the he's fanning the back. Yeah, I don't know. Does That's it, why I love it. I don't care. I'll weird. have to see it in context. But yeah, but you watch it and be like, I saw that in the trailer and I squeed. <laughs> I I literally was like squeed. Yeah. So, so what do you want to watch next? Um, oh. how about we mix it up, or you can pick, or I would like to throw out the movie Robot Jocks. You know what I was thinking? 
Yeah. I was thinking robot jocks. Were you really? I sure was. See, we're in synergy, baby. Yeah, I was going to think robot jocks. Let's do. Let's, let's, let's get in this thing and kick, kick its ass. ass. <laughs> I love robot jocks. Robot jocks is so good. I can't it, wait. Robot jocks. Uh, no spoilers, but it holds up. <laughs> I think I, it does. I think it holds up in a bad way, and and I've got ways I want to fix it. But uh, and it's Stuart Garden, and that's a classic. And oh, it's so practical. So we'll do robot jocks. We'll we'll do we'll start the new year right with robot jocks. Yeah, uh, I love it. Is there, so since we're we're at the end of the year on this stuff and this stuff, this is the, our last podcast of of, of 2019 of, of our great show. We just started. This is episode six. I think six, yeah, six of this. So it's not bad for our first little half season there. Um, what are some things would you like to do in 2020? Oh man, um, I'd like to do Demolition Man, and I'm gonna. I want to see if we can get David to talk to us about it. Oh, that'd be cool. Uh, I can reach out to him. Um, he's done it before for me. I'd like to do Demo Man. Um, I'd like to tackle some more canon movies, so either Delta Force or American Ninja, something terrible that we can go back and revisit, just because those were part of my Jim Cotta childhood. I would love to uh, offer up um, Firewalker. Firewalker, I'm all in on. I haven't <laughs> seen that movie in a long time, so it, I saw it'll be good it recently. For me. It's it, it's funny, but uh, Chuck Norris and um, Lou Gossett Jr. love it in a in a canon film that yeah. I like deserved a sequel. Yeah, <laughs> um, I'd rather do that than Alan Quartermain, even though they're bad. They're bad, but maybe maybe in the future. But it's got Sharon Stone. Yeah, Sharon Stone and. Um, uh, Richard Chamberlain. Richard Chamberlain, who's yeah. not bad in it. No, no, no. no, no. The acting's fine in it. It's just, just dumb, 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 yeah, dumb movies. There's no yeah. money because it's a canon film. But, yeah. Um, I, so I'm with Firewalker. And then what about, we talked, are you doing, we went back in Fire, not just how my brain works. We talked about Firestarter. Are you putting that on the other show? No, I'd, I'd do Firestarter on this one. because I'd like to do that because I haven't done, I haven't seen that in a while either. Yeah, they're uh, developing that for a film. Well, that's a nice tie-in flip yeah. over. Yeah, we can do it. We can do it. Um, robot jocks we said we're doing that That that's going to be our first for 20 um, I would also like to order uh, offer uh, I want to do a, I want to do a month where we do like vehicle movies and I would love to do um, um, Warlords of the 21st Century slash Battle Truck whichever one you know the title from yes <laughs> yeah. I know it is Warlords of the 21st Century and I have it and then I also would like to do Damnation Alley Ooh, I've never even seen that. Oh, we're doing Damnation Alley sooner yeah. than later. Um, Damnation Alley, 1977, came out right before Star Wars. Or came out in the summer of Star Wars. Um, it's got um, uh, George Papard. Uh, oh, sweet. Uh, it's got him. It's got uh, Jackie Earl Haley is in it. Uh, Paul uh, Winfield. Uh, it's got... Um, Oh, who else am I thinking about? There's a bunch of people. This it's got a pretty solid cast. Uh, s- nuclear war happens and f- screws up the Earth and knocks his office access. And so this Air Force base in um, the West builds these two basically super RVs to go travel to Albany to find survivors. And it's what? Their cra- oh, uh, j- j- um. G. Michael Vincent, who we just lost, he's <gasps> in it. Oh, sweet. <clears throat> Stringfellow Hawk. Yep, Stringfellow Hawk. Yeah. And so it's got like, the practical effects are like classic plastic. Practical. There's like giant insects, basically, where the camera's really close to the bug, and they have whatever special effect they no have. No way. Yeah, it's, it's, it's classic. It's classic. Paul Winfield's eaten by roaches. It's just... I'm in. Let's it, do it. It's a good... It's, it's can soft. we in the same... Uh, what about Blue Thunder? Is that too serious? Oh, Blue Thunder. Can, we can, that, can, that can run. I, that's a dense movie, though. It is a dense movie. I 
speaking of dense films, and I, I, I don't think this would fly on cult, cult, but I would love to have a real interesting discussion about 2010, the year we make contact. Oh, boy. Those are tough for me. Really? I'll do it. I'll do it. I like it better. Than I'll do it for the show because I like the show and I want to have the conversation. Yeah. I like it better than 2001 and I want to defend it. The problem is I hate 2001. You got to find, you got to, we got to find somebody that's a 2001 fan. See, I don't like 2001 at all. I don't either, but I'm not a Kubrick fan. I'm not a Kubrick fan either. I like, so, like. Uh, look, I like The Shinning, but that's his least favorite movie. I like Full Metal Jacket. I like I, Full Metal Jacket. But I like the killing, but but see, Full Metal Jacket. I like, but I I like it. I like the second part better than the first. Everyone likes the. No, the, I like the second part better. I everyone, everyone except us likes the. Yeah. I like I get the training stuff. That's interesting, but the real story is when they're in Vietnam. When yeah. It's how they react to that stuff. Joker in in Vietnam is. Oh, him and yeah. running up with cowboy runs in after me. Oh, it's it's yeah. it's a good. Story. I just like seeing uh, Jane. What is his name? Adam Baldwin. Adam Baldwin. You know, and he didn't Animal, even know Animal what he was Lover. doing. Yeah, Animal, Animal Mother Lover. has Animal no Lover. idea what he's doing. Right. Um. No clue. Right. Uh. In a in a Kubrick film, and like I, I heard an interview and I talked to him about a Dragon Con one year. I was like, dude, look, you're in a Kubrick film. Like we can talk about Firefly or we can talk about Kubrick. He was like, let's talk about Kubrick. Right. And so you get these great <clears> stories from him about it. He has no clue what he's doing. He's like, I didn't know what it was gonna. You know. He's cemented into cinema history. Right, right. It's crazy. <sighs> yeah, I, 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 I mean, we'll do it. We just got to find somebody to argue 2001 with you. Or I got to watch them both, and that's tough. No, don't watch them both. I put, uh, 2000, I, 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 2010's one of my favorite movies. Yeah. Um, I, I, saw it at, I saw it at a young age, like back when my folks were, like, were into me all kinds of sci-fi stuff, and I just right. fell in love with it. the whole thing. And Roy Snyder's in it, and he's fucking great in it. Yeah. John Lithgow is amazing in the movie. It's got Helen Mirren. It's got a great, solid cast. Yeah. Um, and so, but later on, maybe the summer we'll do. Okay. 2010. I'll do it. Because it's, uh, it's the year we made contact. Yeah. I'm all for it. <laughs> and it's, you know, it's 10 years after the fact that we made contact, but, you know, almost, you know, it's 44, almost going to be 36 years or one after it come out. So that's crazy. Isn't crazy? Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. So we're we got, there. We got some fun stuff to do. I'm all about it. I'm Let's do it. We'll, we'll do it. All right. And then I think you know whatever viewers, if yeah, viewers guys, th- you know, you know, you can find us. Jump stuff. on and throw us the yeah, stuff. The movie Cantina, that's where we hang out too. So you can whatever you can go on to do. And we like to do weird stuff. The, the weirder the better. We're always looking for something bizarre. Yeah, throw it in. And so we'll we're happy to do it. And uh, we'll rotate some guests in and out too. Yeah, we're going to rotate some guests in, and we're going to do uh, we're going to do some live shows too, on both this and Cult. So you'll be seeing us at conventions and 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 some other places. I'm working on live shows this year. That's the, the big. We had so much fun on our last one, and people that was requesting, a requesting us to do live again. So we're gonna do some more. Good. St- Excuse me. Good stuff. Good stuff. All right. Well, this that's better than I can say about Judgment Night. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In fact, uh, I guess the only thing left is uh, Happy Holidays. Happy Holidays. Yeah. And we'll see you in the new year. We'll see you in the new year. Uh, this is Scotty saying this is our contribution to the multiverse. Go to make yours. Kohas out. Thank you for listening to the Mobcast Network.